my boys. Well, the, the one guy with the second shovel was not my boy, but he has been with our family for a long time. He might as well be one of them. But Sam and Zach created that. I, I just love that. It cracks me up. But uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Just what, what we do with stress and what happens, especially this time of year. Let's say hi to our online crowd. God bless you guys. Good to have you with us. Everything and everybody, it seems to be fast forward if we're, you know, there's a boy, we've got to get the shopping done and we got to get this. And like at our house right now, my wife is wrapping. She is a wrapping machine. And I said, I can help you wrap. She's seen my wrapping. I'm good. Yeah, you, you, you do okay. But, you know, she likes, she wants all of those corners pristine and everything looks nice and stuff. You know, I wrap speed. But anyways, the hustle and bustle of the holidays, finding that perfect gift. Somebody wants something, can you, can you find it? Certain things, and some stores don't carry certain. We looked for candy at one store because somebody wanted a certain kind of candy, and they said, we don't carry that. They carry like all this other kind, but another store carries that candy. And so we went there to, to get that, and so I, I get it. So it, it, there's, there's things, there's things that tend to drive us to certain places or to Get us to where we need to be. Let's look at what the word says. So how do we not get stressed during this time? What do we do to combat the world's system? How do we enjoy the holiday in peace? And can we stop the stress? Look at Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know, when you're stressed, you're not really yourself, are you? You're kind of edgy, quick to say things. Uh, you might even do things that are out of character, a little funny. Um, say things before thinking. Ever do that? Just snap off at somebody, fly off the handle, be harsh or rude. You get the picture. We've all been there, I think. Um, if you have children and they're toddlers, sometimes you just like, I just want five minutes. You know, and, and but they don't understand because they just want to spend time with you. Have you ever stayed up all night worrying about something and it's never happened? The next day it wasn't as bad as you thought that you worried about it all night. Here's some stats. 18% of Americans, over 18%, are on some kind of medication for anxiety or worry or depression. 100% of Americans admit to worrying at least one time or another. They've all... We've all said, yeah, we've, we've faced it. Some admitted to worrying every day. Some even look for things to worry about just to feel normal. It's part of their makeup. They thrive on that in their own mind. i got to have something to worry about. New York Times did a World Health Survey and found out that in all the nations surveyed, guess which nation was stressed out the most? America. America. So let's look for answers. What does God have to say what's his word say about stress worry anxiety and i'm not really going to get into everything because we could be here for a long time but you know we're not supposed to worry especially even this time of year we should be enjoying it now that, that doesn't mean we have to just because everybody well this it's an exchange we have to do an exchange gift you know we do things like even for 180 youth or something if they do parties and this they just put a limit on it an affordable limit because how many knows it's not really about the gift 
one of you. I mean, gifts are good, and everybody likes to give good gifts, and everybody likes to receive good gifts. I understand that. But sometimes you're just like, you know. Does the Bible say this anywhere? Thou shalt be uptight. Thou shalt be overwhelmed. Thou shalt be stern-faced. Thou shalt have a stressed-out life. You shall experience extreme road rage and show it. Thou shalt get to the store at the crack of dawn, or you will miss the sale. Thou shalt have crazy acting kids that don't mind. You will buy every gift, whether you can afford it or not. Thou shalt empty thy treasury, and thou shalt be broke. It doesn't say that anywhere. But truth be told, we've felt that way from time to time. We feel obligated, or we've, you know, it's just... Part of that is almost unsaid. You know, there are, and I guess this is true, those Black Friday, how many, you know, we're having a Black Friday sale the day after Thanksgiving. Remember when that used to be the day? Now it is like, now the Black Friday starts this month. It's not even Turkey Day yet, but we're going to start it now. Or they have it for a long time. But anyway, there have been people that have been, like, it's hard to even fathom, trampled to death waiting to get into the store to get the latest Tickle Me Elmo or whatever was out. I mean, you know, they just, they fell down and... <laughs> Explain that one to your family. Did she secure the gift before she left? They're, I mean, that's just terrible. But the enemy brings that kind of stuff to all of us. That is his playground package. Get caught up in everything that man creates. Now, I, I enjoy Christmas. I enjoy, we have two trees up at our house. Love Christmas. Love it. Love Christmas. I get it. But the playground the enemy presents is no playground for any of us. It is for him. In life, we all know what is real and we all know what is fake. There are people that are so concerned about what others think, and it's not that they want to, it's just somehow, somewhere along the line, they pick that up as truth. <clears throat> they could only wear, have you ever met somebody that says, I can only wear this outfit once, I can never wear it again? I've met people like that. If you guys pay attention, you might see me wear the same shirt in the same month. <laughs> True. It'll be clean. And I have more than two shirts. Sometimes people say, I like that shirt you have on. I had nothing to do with it. Usually she picks it out. What will people think? In the scheme of life, does that really matter? I'll do things that are crazy. Off the hook. I worked out in the woods all day on Friday. Cut, I cut wood, hauled wood, split wood, getting it ready because, you know, it helps heat the house in the winter. And so I like, that's fine. He came in the house, took a shower. Most of the day was gone, put on some clothes. Not that you have to know all that, I guess. But. <laughs> the next day, because I just, you know, I basically was in the house the rest of the day. The next day, I was doing more things. I put on the same clothes. I did. I really don't care. 
I mean, it was kind of like, I only wore them for a couple hours or a few hours, and then I didn't even sweat in them. But I'm a dude. I don't know. Girls think different. I can't wear that. I wore that yesterday. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, should I do this? <laughs> You get to get around all kinds of family and friends this time of year. If you go to restaurants out to eat, there are people that if we went out when our kids were little, we took our kids everywhere. And I encourage you to do that. And this is what we did with our kids. We just taught them to behave. And then Kim and I tag teamed it. If we had a table and we're in line... Somebody's taking the kids to the van. And it wasn't for parties. It was to correct them, bring them back to get in line or to get to the table. And our kids learned how to behave. And I, you know, how many got spanked when you were little? I get it. Now, I don't, I don't want to talk about abuse, but I'm just saying, we got told, don't do that. We might have got told twice. If we got told three times, oh, God is working in your life. My kids, you know, and there's a reason. My wife, she was so good. She would take the kids. We had four children, and she would take them all to the store by herself. And, you know, when you check out at the store, there's a reason there's all the candy and stuff right there. For years, my, we thought our names were Dad, Can I, and Mom, I Want. And, but they would, Dad, can I, and Mom, Mama, you know, and she would say, no, no, no. And sometimes they would throw a fit. And you've been there where you've seen kids throw a fit, and the parent just like, here. And the kid is like, moo. <laughs> and you're thinking just what probably I'm thinking. Every time you go into a store, they're going to throw a fit. You're going to hand them whatever they want. I get all that. But sometimes in life, because of stress, We've all done it. I'm not going to say we're not guilty of it. I'm going to help them because I need the help myself. Have you ever been there? So before we get too self-righteous or too, oh, hmm. We got to understand there are times in everybody's life where you're just like, I'm dealing with things the best I can. We get people from quotes like this. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. No, life is like a jar of jalapenos. What you eat today is going to burn you tomorrow. <laughs> but people come in all kinds of categories. I worked at Cedar Point for two summers. You see all kinds of people, all kinds of parenting skills, all kinds of people in general, what people wear, what people won't wear, what people will do, what people won't do. If you don't want to go to Cedar Point, go to Walmart. There's quite a view there, too. I mean, I remember there's just things I'm just like, you actually, you can't tell me you looked in the mirror and said, this is good. I'm going to wear this in public. We've been in, we were in a, in a Walmart, and I had both my boys with me, and it was during a Christmas time, and we were shopping, getting gifts for their sisters and their mother and stuff like that, and, and I just happened to see some attire that was just like, I don't know if hideous is the right word or not. 
But I'm trying to keep my boys entertained because I don't want them to really go there. And so I'm over here and they, they're smart. Kids are smart. They know me well enough to like, why is, why, what's going on with dad? I'm over here, you know, almost like, hey, look at me. Look at me. I mean, I'm not doing it quite like that. Zach turns his head. The, that's the first guy in the video you saw that was like, what? That was Zach. Turns his head, looks back at me, plain faced, straight, says, that's just wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to see that, son. And Sam is like, what? Oh, you can't go through life without moments like that. But that individual is still loved by God just like you are. I don't know what their life is like. I don't know what their life has been through. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know. <laughs> there, there are women that try to say, I wake up like this. Their hair is perfect. Their makeup is perfect. And all the women in the house say, liar, liar, pants on fire. Or I'm naturally tan. Sure, when you spray it on, it naturally gets tan. I get it. Eyelashes that are this long. Those are not real. Hair extensions. Guys wear a toupee. A Velcro waist reducer. Press on nails. We do all these things to make us appear different. You can get Botox, liposuction. You can even now freeze fat off. I wonder how much that costs. <laughs> Sorry. Just checking. There are real and there are fake. That's my point. There are people that are just trying to find the real. And they sometimes try to fake it till they make it. Or just find anything that's real. Everything works out on TV and those sitcoms. When my kids were growing up, there was... Uh, uh, TGIF, thank goodness it's Friday, and they had all of the family matters and all of the different 30-minute sitcoms were all in a row. How many remember that? We watched those and watched the Christmas specials. Every problem always worked out in 30 minutes. And you were just, it just left you feeling good. You know, those were just, oh, it's all going to work out in 30 minutes. But in real life, we know it doesn't always work out quite that way in 30 minutes. But God did not call you or me to be stressed. He wants you to move from fretfulness to faithfulness. And that's going to take you putting your mind and your hand and your belief and your mouth to work on the things of God. Fortified by grace, not weakened by worry. Turn your stress into rest. So I'm going to show you what I mean. We are creatures of habit. Most of us, most of you are probably sitting in the same place you sit in every week. There's nothing wrong with that. So before you get like, oh, he's picking on me. I'm not. Because that's what happens. I mean, we get used to that. And we do. When I go to, to Pastor Gary's church, I almost sit in the same place. Now somebody is sitting in my seat. It's not really mine, but I always sit there when I go there. And somebody else is sitting there. So I had to move. I found another seat. When I was on staff at, at a church in Dayton, they had a school and everything attached. And I made it a point that every time we had service, I sat. And if I wasn't preaching, I sat in a different spot. And the pastor, and I don't know if Kim will remember, the pastor said, where's PB? I'm like, oh, I'm over here. What are you doing over there? You were over there before. 
Yeah, that was last week. My, and here's what the purpose. Now listen to what I'm trying to tell you. God had, had just really talked to my heart, and I wanted not to just sit in the same spot. I'm not telling anybody you got to move. Okay, so before, I'm not going to make you move. This isn't about that. But I, I wanted to get to know more people. I wanted to have connections with more people. Because if I sat over one way, I, you know, I sat by the same people all the time, which was fine. But what about the people over here that I didn't, I never got to really say hi to or whatever. So I'd sit over here or I'd sit over there, I'd sit over there. Because we get, we become just like, we have just the, the people that we hang out with and that's it. What if I ask you questions and you tried to answer, and I've been bad at this and Kim helps me. And I interrupt you before you can answer. You, I, hey, what do you think of the... Patriots beating the Steelers. Margie, it's okay. There's a therapy class right after church. We'll help you out. It's all good. But I mean, you know, and before you could answer, I interrupt you. Well, you know, and I just tell you. And you never get to share what you really think. Or I scream and cut you off before you're done. Oh, that was a great game. It causes stress. And sometimes in my world, I think everybody is just waiting to hear what I have to say. That's not real. And so PK is trying to help me with some of that. But that's uh, good timing there. <laughs> have you ever been in school where it seems like this? The teacher evidently thinks you have the only class is theirs. And they give you so much homework. You're like, do you not know I have three other classes? And they say, this is due tomorrow. And you're like, there's all of those things that happen in life. And we all get that. The Bible says this, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Lack of what? Knowledge. And so the enemy's job is to derail you and me and get us off course, get us out of the word, interrupt us, and get us stressed. He doesn't want you to get a chance to speak. Because life is in your way, is in your mouth. Life and death is in what you say. The world you live in is the world you have created by what you speak. You can quote scripture, he hates that. He can't beat the word. And that's why he'll throw things to get you off track. A haymaker, a low blow, a gut shot. You get bad news and your world falls apart. We were listening to a podcast on the way into church today, and I told her, Pastor Kim, I said, you, you know what I'm speaking on. Usually she might not know most of the time. She doesn't know, or, but she helped me with the title. She goes, I looked it up. But still, I'm like, I told her this title, and it was long, and she goes, it's too long. So she says, you need something shorter. I'm like, oh, okay, well, help me out. So she came up with the title. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Let's go with that. So she knew what, she doesn't know what I'm speaking on except the title. But my point is what we listen to is we should not be able to be so easily put off when something happens. If we're so full of the word, the, the minute something goes wrong, we crumble. I like Christmas. So that's a good ringtone. <laughs> 
So is that true? I mean, should we just fall apart? Most of the time, some of us in this room right now are listening to me. Are, you're the glue that keeps everything together. God uses you as the glue. And you might be thinking, I feel that pressure. I can't fall apart. Well, you're not supposed to fall apart because it's not you that put you together. Because the person that's glued you is the Holy Spirit. And when we are fully invested in the Holy Spirit, it doesn't shake us. I'm not saying we like it. How many knows what Romans 8.28 says? All things work together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say all things are good. So there's going to be things in this life you'll have tribulation. There are going to be things that you don't like. But because God lives in you, you know that you will succeed because the one inside you is greater than the one and the things you experience outside of you. Come on. We have plenty of opportunities every day to get stressed. But let me say this. You have those same amount to turn it around. Exercise your faith. It's perspective, everybody. Not who we are, but whose we are. Paul dealt with stuff. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But in 2 Corinthians 2.13, I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find Titus, my brother, but taking my leave of them, I departed for Macedonia. <laughs> he wrote that in 55 AD. Seven years later, he wrote the passage, according to Amazon, is the most popular passage highlighted. You'd think it'd be the 23rd Psalm or the Lord's Prayer. It's not. It's Philippians 4, 7. And we're going to start with verse 7, and we're going to work backwards. And I'm going to give you some things that will help you today. It's not going to take long. And the peace of God, everybody say peace of God. Now, I'm not talking P-I-E-C-E. -E, we're talking P-E-A-C-E. -E. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, the New Living says that this, you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And it will guard your hearts and minds. So I'm going to give you five things straight out of Scripture. So turn to your neighbor, give him a high five, and let's get this thing done. We're going to deactivate stress in your life today. You're going to leave here, going to be a little bit happier, and you can play that ringtone they just played up here in the front row. You can rock around the Christmas tree. Yeah. And if, if I have time, I may tell you a joke at the end. I don't know. But I want you to see God's viewpoint on this. You can have peace when you probably, in the world system, you shouldn't have. But when, because God is inside you, you have the Prince of Peace inside you. You ever been to the airport where there's armed guards there? And they are guarding the place to keep the peace. You see, God inside you is guarding your airport. You're saying to the enemy, not today, devil. Would you have that opportunity to fly off the handle, but you know that God has given you peace? You can say something different. Or how about this? Maybe you don't have to say anything at all. 4.6 of Philippians says this, so how do we get it? We're going to the word. Be anxious for nothing, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. The New Living says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And that's past tense. So how can you thank God for something that hasn't happened in the natural yet? That's faith. 
We talk about Mark 11, 23 and 24. We believe we receive when we what? When we pray. Because we are putting our faith involved. Not just words. It is in our belief system. It's not just in our heart. It is part of who we are. It is part of our makeup. Mark Twain said this. I've had thousands of problems in my life, most of which never happened. Can I tell you this? Worry is like a rocking chair. Gives you something to do, but it never gets you anywhere. You just work it. And God doesn't want you to be that way. It takes years off your life. So how do I apply this for me? How can I work this in my own life? The scripture starts out, don't worry about anything, but in every situation. How many situations? Every one. I just... I'm guilty of this. This is, God is saying, take me at my word every time. Sometimes I generalize it. And I just, I, I want to pick and choose. It's almost like you're going to have Christmas candy here before long, you know, as you go around. And you want to pick out, like if my sister made her famous, legendary caramel corn, if she made that, if she ever makes that, if she would ever make that, with cashews or something. I will look at that caramel corn if she ever makes that. And I will pick out those pieces that are coated the most. Because they're the best. Jesus would eat that. I'm telling you. But what, see, that's what we do with God. We just want to pick out this. And pick out that. But, you know, we have to be like Peter. When he found out what Jesus was saying, he said, then, then take all of me. Not just this. I'll just wash all of me. I need all of it. You see, details. God loves to take care of the things that you don't even think about. But you have to trust him. You have to let him lead you. Every situation. So with church... Commute to work, road rage, your spouse, your kids, every situation. So our first thought is the right perspective. The right perspective. Luke 12, 25 says, which of you by worrying could add one cubit to his stature? Worry doesn't change anything. We need to get God's perspective on this. Casting it to God will change. Because I don't have to worry about it. God's going to take care of it for me. A poet said once, every night I gave all my worries to God. He's going to be up all night anyway. Let me ask you, if God's going to be up all night, why should you? There's a scientific proof that prayer is powerful. God doesn't give wrong advice. There can be people that love you. Doesn't mean every advice that you is right for you. Maybe they don't know all of the things that you know. Maybe you didn't tell them everything or whatever. How many knows there's always two sides to every story? We get that. But God always knows what to do. Stats from a medical field studies concerning this. 1,500 reputable medical studies. People who are religious and pray more have better mental and physical health. Duke University, Dr. Harold G. Keenig. 125 studies that linked health and regular worship. 85 studies showed that regular churchgoers live longer. 
In 2006, the University of Texas said that there was a seven-year difference between life expectancy to those who never attend church and those who attend weekly. Why do you think the enemy wants to keep you away from church? Well, it's just, I don't know, you know. I have, this is what, I, the, the number one answer, because church is full of hypocrites. I don't want to go to church. Well, don't ever go to a gym because it's full of fat people. That's why people go to the gym, to work off the weight. People go to church to get things right. Because they, they find and learn about the things of God so they can get things right. We have to understand the enemy wants to keep you so he doesn't want you to know the word. He doesn't want you to declare what's right. He doesn't want you to take authority in your life. He doesn't want you to know that you are healed. He doesn't want you to know that you can do all things through Christ. He doesn't want you to know that you're more than a conqueror. He doesn't want you to know any of that. He's trying to get the word, the seed that's been planted. In America, used to go to church every week. Even in this town, this town is loaded with churches. Uh, per capita, probably more than many towns in the United States, for real. And, but if you look at the mainline denominational churches, they're all on street corners, and they don't really offer parking, do they? And you know why? I mean, there are some parking. Why? Because back in the day, everybody got out of their house and they walked to church. It was an event. It was just, it was a, a gathering, a family thing. You saw neighbors and you weren't afraid to talk to them over the hedge or shake their hand or share mom's apple pie or, or whatever. Because America stood for something. They used to go to church every week, then every other week. Barna did a study. It said the Americans go to church. This is the study. One out of every four weeks is the average American. You guys are above average. We appreciate that. But we're starting our first Wednesdays again so we can have more connections because the world isn't getting better, y'all. We need that other connection. We need more time to be, God, let me just have some more of your presence. But listen, if you only get the presence of God here, you're missing it. Because he's in your house because he lives inside you. So you need to exercise that and start letting your home be that sanctuary as well. Tom Knox, an atheist, did a study on the power of prayer and the medical benefits of faith. And now he's questioning his atheism. Why? Because he found out with church people, they live longer, they're healthier, less chance of suicide, less stress, more optimistic, their blood pressure is lower. That's why you need to invite your family and friends to, to church. You know, I've given you a lot of stats today, but 82, 84% of people, if they're invited to church and you have some kind of a connection with them, they'll come. At least once. You don't have to. Let, let me do whatever I'm supposed to do. You do what you're supposed to do. And together we'll hold hands and we'll make this thing happen. And let the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. And that God's presence that's in this place. Let him draw them. That's how they get to Jesus. The Holy Spirit draws them. And he uses you. Jesus is the answer. What was the question? No matter what the question is, Jesus has got the answer. He holds your answer. 
Is the problem you're worried about worth praying about? The problem not worth praying about is a problem not worth worrying about. Let's just flop it. The next thought. Don't take everything for granted. Be thankful with thanksgiving. There's a lot of people that walk around, especially in today's time, with entitlement. You know what that means? You owe me. Everybody owes them a living. Now we have all the social media and all this stuff. Here's a tweet. You can start living a lifestyle by being thankful. Start your day. Everybody say, start your day. You can live a, start living a lifestyle of being thankful. Everybody say, start your day. See, I just retweeted. When you get up in the morning, before your phone goes off, before you check your mail, before you get on Facebook, before you get on Instagram, before the kids need something, if you have kids, they always need something. Be thankful for 10 things. Brett, I don't know 10 things. Listen, yes, you do. Be thankful to God you got a roof over your head. Be thankful to God you're waking up in a bed. Be thankful you're on this side of the grass. Come on. Be thankful you have air conditioning if, if you're in the summer or heat in the winter. Be thankful you have a car. If you don't have a car, be thankful you're going to get a car if you need a car. Be thankful you have kids that are blessings. If you have a job, be thankful for it. If you don't have a job, thank God for the one you're going to get. Be thankful you're breathing. Be thankful your legs work. Be thankful you're in, in a great church. Shall we go on? End your day talking to God. Start your day talking to God. Here's our third one. Speak to your mountain. Mark eleven twenty two through 24, tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you lift, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your house. Heart, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Knock, knock. Broken pencil. It's pointless. <laughs> That's not your joke, but... Speak to your mountain. It seems like a bad joke, but that's how people pray. It's just pointless, so they just don't do it. Because they don't believe it. Let me tell you how real this is. We live 30 miles from here. 30 miles. We chose it. We, that's where we felt the Lord wanted us to buy the house. And, and as God opens up another, we, you know, we may move closer. We're waiting on the Lord to do all of that. It's fine. Love where we live. Love my house. All that. I'm just waiting on his timing. I said all that to say this. We believe you can speak to your mountain. Last night started raining. You can hear it. Maddie is at Myers. She works at the Myers here in town. There's a Myers four miles from the house. She wants to work here. She's worked here six plus years. Everybody knows her. Now she's she's a chip off the old block. She's telling jokes at their morning meetings. <laughs> Whatever their huddles, they're asking her. I want you to tell a joke. When we get together each time, she's like, great, thanks, Dad. I'm like, hey, you bought me the joke books. But Kim is rapping presents. <laughs> rapping presents. Uh, and uh, it's raining, and so she knows, yes, Scott's back there, like, help him. Oh, God, help him. She's got to drive home in that, and it was raining pretty hard. 
Now, you can, you can call me crazy. You can call me whatever you want because I won't lose any bit of sleep over this. I'm just telling you what I did. I spoke to the rain because my daughter is going to drive in that. You might say, that's nuts. Call it what you want. But it stopped raining. And she drove home, and I mean, it might have been sprinkling, but it wasn't pouring and blowing like it was. We've had storms out there. We've spoke to those, and they went all away from us. Why? We speak to the mountain. And now I'm not a weatherman. I don't just speak to the weather, just so you know. I'll speak to whatever mountain is facing me that God wants me to conquer. You see, people will just say this. I, it just doesn't work for me. It's because you don't believe it. I believe it. It works for me. Because I've seen it happen. But seeing isn't believing, to quote a movie. Believing is seeing. You say, well, Brett, if I pray, nobody answers the door. Maybe you're doing it wrong. <gasps> you see, if we don't do things right, electric. Pastor talked about electric. If you know how to... Hook a light together. Rick knows how to hook a light together. I, I do if I look at directions or I put one on the way I took one apart. How many does that? I'll do that. I can do that. I don't really have to understand how all of that works. But if I know what wire goes to what, I can create electricity again. But if I don't know what works and I put the wrong wire in the wrong spot. Shocking. It doesn't work or something else works. So my, my point is you got to, you know, you see it and then I got to believe it and I put it in force. I speak to it. If I learn the laws, they work. If I don't do them the way that I can't change a law. Gravity is a law. I can't change it. I can try to change it. Not going to change. It doesn't. If I dive off here into Jay, if Jay doesn't catch me, we might make YouTube our funniest videos. Well, we might do that even if he catches me. I don't know. But what I'm saying is gravity will work. You have to know how the law works or something that goes above the law. The law of lift supersedes gravity. Pastor talked about that last week. I'm trying to tell you there are things if you put into force... They work because that's how the law works. That's how the kingdom was. We don't have to storm the gates of heaven, folks. Heaven, the kingdom is in you. We need to storm the gates of hell. We need to attack the enemy with the word of God. We need to say, hey, this is how it works. There's a new sheriff in town. It's time for you to get out. You know, people come up and say, I can't stand what's going on in the, in the world and in the government. It matters who you put in office. There's another election coming up. I'd be praying. Be who God wants you to be. And don't be shy about it. But we got this thing backwards. We don't have to storm the throne room. We can go in. My, let me just say it this way. My kids can come to my house. They know the code to my door, to the garage door. They have keys to the house. They don't have to call and ask. 
Mallory or Justin, they don't have to, they can come to the house anytime, punch in the code, the door will open, use the key and the, they can get in the house. Why? Because they have the keys. They know the code. They know how the law works. They can come in free. They don't have to ask permission to get in the refrigerator. They can get in and get anything they want. If I came to your house and you were fixing supper, and I knew you'd have enough for me, and I knew if I, if I made some noise, you might feed me. Even though I'm not a Steeler fan, Margie, you still might feed me. Sorry for picking on you. But what if you never came to the door? I'd knock, and you just ignored it, and you never came to the door. Then the enemy would play on my mind. What's wrong? They don't like me anymore. Did I offend them? But here's the thing. If you never knew I wanted in, you didn't know I was there, you didn't say anything. You didn't know. I've tied your hands. You didn't even know about a need. You see, that's why we petition the Lord. Make your request known to God. You have not because you ask not. Or we ask amiss. What happens when we take authority? We have to take dominion. We have to take authority. My children, when they grew up, they didn't have to ask me if they needed something and it was, it was a need. They got it. We found a way. Matthew 21, 22, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. New King James or the New Living says you can pray for anything and if you have faith, you will receive it. Here's number four. Have the mind of Christ. Use a filter. You know what a filter is? A filter gets out all the impurities. You don't just say everything that comes to your mind. I have done that before. That's not usually good. Think about what you're thinking about. I just looked up. I, lo I love the scripture. I just heard it. We were listening to a podcast and I asked her. We were driving. I said, was that... Was that Isaiah 26.3? And she goes, I, I, I think, I don't know. It is, 26.3. Can you put that up there? Is that possible? Look at this. I love this scripture. I like that graphic. Mal, Mal probably did that. Isaiah 26.3. They that wait on the Lord shall renew the eye. Isaiah 26.3. Well, you let me, well, I can see it back here when it comes up. Maybe, maybe not. You let me know when it's up there, okay? Let me say this. Facebook is not your filter. Everybody wants to air everything out in public. It doesn't help Christianity at all. Oh, looky, there it is. You'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You know that saying? If you keep your mind stayed on the Lord, you have peace. I don't know why that just jumped out at me when we were listening to that that said that. I said, oh, I got to, 
And I, I put it, it's in one of my declarations. Now, I, I put that down there because I like that. Because if I can keep my mind on the Lord, I have peace. He keeps me stayed in perfect peace. Watch what you share. Everybody doesn't need to know all of your business. Just saying. The devil plays on what if this could happen? And if you, if you open up your laundry to everybody, boy, you're going to get some fun advice. We've had people tell us how to raise kids and they didn't have any. That's like getting marriage counseling for somebody. Let me show you how you, this is how you can see in your marriage. They've been married 12 times. Well, they got to get it down right sometime. I don't know. But the devil plays on your mind. What if this? Stats say over 90% of what we worry about never happens. Remember, the devil is a liar and he's good at it. He is the father of lies. We have to be spirit-driven, spirit-led. We have to have the Holy Spirit in us. My wife prays all the time. She'll go and sometimes I think, now listen, and I'm just being honest. And so I'm being vulnerable here. So just know, sometimes she'll say, I want to pray about this and and sometimes I help and I'm saying, we don't have to pray about that because we already have favor. We can just walk. God will just do it. And she'll be like, oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. Other times I'm thinking, I don't know that she needs to pray about that. But then really she did because I might think it's not that important, even though it's a minute detail. But to her, I want to get it all right, not partial. Do you understand? So help each other. So I don't stop her from praying because she Walks with God. I mean, you're going to see it on that first Wednesday. I love her passion. But she loves God with everything in her. I want God to help me filter my thoughts. Stop the ship from sinking. Sometimes we think, oh, it's a lost cause in this area. But no, what if God gave you an idea? What if God gave you a concept? What if God brought life back into that? He can... He can do that. He can breathe into dead bones. He can breathe into you. What if he made that come alive again? Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing but in everything, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's awesome. If you know you have it, you don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about stuff that God's already done. We believe we receive when we pray, not when it shows up. 4a to Philippians. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, things are just, things are pure, lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So here's our last one. We want, to, you know, we want our, our thoughts to be of peace and of good. We've got to keep our mind on God because he's with you. So number five. You got to get to work. You got to put it into practice. 4 9 of Philippians, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. The New Living says it this way keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard me and saw me doing, the God of peace will be with you. It's not as much what you know. I mean, it's great. We need knowledge because we talked about that. But if you don't do anything with it, That's important. You have to act on what you know. 
If my kids said, I don't feel good, and they've, they've said that, then we, we'll do just what we're telling you. We're going to take authority right now. We want you, because this is their body. I have authority to speak to their life because I'm their father, but they ultimately have authority over their own body. Somebody say amen. So we got to get them the principles of God that work. You need to speak to that. Sickness can't stay on your body. It's not allowed. It's a violation. It's trespassing. You, you're the sheriff. Kick it out. And they'll just be, okay, we agree. Yes, we'll agree. Then my son, my oldest son, who was the first guy with the wheelbarrow, he loves Batman. In the movie of one of the Batmans, this is what one of the lines is. It's not who I am, but it's what I do that defines me. Yeah, that's not scripture, but it sure goes with scripture. It's whose I am. And it's what, because I know whose I am and what I do. Faith without works. I got to do what I know. If I told my kids, I, if I prayed for you, you're going to get better. But I'm not doing that. What kind of a father would I be? If you know what's right and you don't do it, why do you expect it to happen? If you're not involved in it, God says he'll bless the work of your hands. If you're not involved in it, neither is God because he's in you. He works and lives inside you. But with God, Holy Spirit led, Holy Spirit driven, I know what to do. And then I have to go do it. The key, I got to do it. God will not do it for you. He will not do what you can do and what you're supposed to do. Your faith will deliver what you believe. But it works only when you work it. So if you don't work it, it don't work. Faith is voice activated. The life you live, I believe, will change when you get involved with God and he begins to lay foundation in your life. And that peace that you couldn't find anywhere. See, people are just wanting that. They hurt inside. And God can fix it. He's the answer. Ask God about your situation. He knows. He knows what to do. You know, they say 40% of our lives is daily habits and routines. What would happen if we made God our number one habit? What if we said, you know what, God? I'm going to change my, my commute time that I go to work. Instead of listening to QFM 96, Ohio's best rock. Or even Christmas music, just for that 10-minute commute, or maybe some of it's longer. I'm going to listen to some praise music. I'm going to listen to a podcast. I'm going I'm to make some declarations. I'm going to say, I, 
I mean, with the technology today, you can declare some things. You can put it on your phone. You can play it through your radio. You can hear yourself. You can hear yourself talk. You might listen if it's you. Whatever. Just spend some time with God. And it doesn't mean you can't ever listen to some other music. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. My, my point is investment. If I would put God first, what would that look like? What would that be to me? Let me say this and, and then I'm closing. A lot of times we think that it has to be this whole religious hogwash of stuff. Well, I must pray for an hour in, in tongues and I must read the Bible, uh, you know, a book every night. Good luck with that. It's going to be tough to keep. But I would challenge you to say, what if I could get up and while I'm brushing my teeth, I'm saying some things to God. It might be a little garbled. Or on my way to work or whatever. And I'm just saying, God, I just thank you for today. I thank you, God, that I walk in favor. I thank you, Father, that you're going to open doors that no man can shut. I'm going to tell you the truth. Years ago, Bill and Christina, were, they were with us for years. They live in South Carolina now, I think. North, South. One of the Carolinas. Christina just got injured. She was uh, in an accident with a horse. She went to ICU. She's out. God is healed her and they're like amazed at how quick she's healing <laughs> so we're thankful for that but I said all that to say a story we're moving her out of her house and all of those that helped her move there was never anyone in my life that had as much stuff and I hope you're watching Bill and, as Bill and Christina I mean because I could go to her about anything hey I just know you know I needed a, a zebra with black and white stripes not white and black stripe oh got one in the basement we'll get it for you just a minute I mean, she'd have something of everything. I'd always have to check with her first because she would, oh, yeah, I picked that up a long time ago. She had all kinds of stuff. What a blessing they were. Okay, that's, that's wonderful. We're moving. I'm moving a couch. Somebody's on the other end moving a couch, and couches are fun, you know, and this was a heavy couch. And, and the person, I'm like, okay, we're going through here, and he's, he just dropped it. And he said, probably should have told you. Well, it dropped right on my toe. And as soon as it did, it was one of those moments, you know. I mean, you, you have to have God in you because it, it's one of those moments if you take your thumb and hit it with a hammer. If you don't have God in there. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. He said, ooh, that looked like that hurt. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I took my shoe off and my whole sock was filling with blood. I'm like, okay, this is not good. Said all that just to say. From that time on, and that's been years and years ago, the nail died. We had a funeral for it and everything died. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I know. It was just terrible. And I would wear flip-flops because back in the day when we were kids, what were they called? Yeah, you can't say that now. Well, you can say it, but I told my, my kids were at youth, and I was doing youth, and they, everybody had flip-flops on, and I said, hey, we called them thongs. And I said, we should have a thong party. My daughter goes, Dad! I'm like, what I do? Live and learn. Scratch that from the tape, okay? Let's cut that one. Anyways, uh, it, wouldn't, it was just, it looked terrible. I mean, but, but, you know, I'm a dude, so I'm like, if you don't like to look at my toe, don't look at it. 
because it's summer. I wanted to wear some flip-flops. Well, I started getting some of what I'm teaching you. And I started speaking to my toe. And I started, I just started saying, Father, I thank you. Listen to what I'm telling you. I started speaking to the mountain. In this case, you might have several mountains. My mountain was the nail on the toe. I started telling, declaring out of my mouth, what's in my mouth? Life. Thank you, God, for taking care of my toenail. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if that thing goes away. I don't care if you grow a new nail. But I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And I began to declare that. I've declared it every day for I don't know how long. I'm getting a new nail on that toe now. It's, it's about halfway in. I took it out to PK. I'm like, look at my... <laughs> that's good, honey. No, but she was all excited. She was like, honey, that's great. And I said, you know why that's so exciting to you? It might not be a big deal, but to me, I'm telling you why. Because God's word is true. Every word of it. You declare the things. They might not be a mountain to you, but to me, that was a mountain. You know what it tells me? He's real. He's, his word works. The law works. So you begin to declare that. I declare things to my knees and to my, you know, and God takes care of it all. I've been declaring that I have, listen to this, more hair and it's full and thick. I went to the barber twice. He said, you're getting more hair. Thank you. The Lord is doing that. And he's like, yeah, right. Now, he doesn't do it every week. He's done it twice. But I have declared it. I have favor. You have favor. We don't have to just exist in this world, in this season. This can be a great Christmas. You just, I exist because the Savior exists in me. And for you as well. Bow your heads, close your eyes.